Ken James and Jason McKittrick. Brought to you by Cryptocurium. Of Herbert West, who was my friend in college and in afterlife, I can speak only with extreme terror. This terror is not due altogether to the sinister manner of his recent disappearance, but was engendered by the whole nature of his life work, and first gained its acute form more than 17 years ago, when we were in the third year of our course at the Miskatonic University Medical School in Ockham. While he was with me, the wonder and diabolism of his experiments fascinated me utterly, and I was his closest companion. Now that he is gone and the spell is broken, the actual fear is greater. Memories and possibilities are ever more hideous than realities. Good evening, folks, and welcome to another episode of Learning Lovecraft. I'm your host, Jason McKittrick, and joining me, as always, the traveler of the Eldritch Path, Mr. Ken James. Good evening, folks. And that was the opening paragraph of H.P. Lovecraft's Herbert West Reanimator, the subject of tonight's episode. Right off the bat, like I tend to do, uh-huh. um, first thing, I've, I recognize the Miskatonic University and Arkham, mm-hmm. so uh, once I heard those, I was like, oh, things are going to get weird here. Mm-hmm. And two, um, a lot of this, not just because of the movie, but other zombie movies uh-huh. and other other scenes almost lifted and the vibes taken mm-hmm. from it. You can, you can pull from Evil Dead here with the cabin, you can pull from... Uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead, uh, mm-hmm. t- uh, with with the just the single file zombies. There's there's so many different things that you can that other movies have taken the sceneries and the way things play out from this. And boy oh boy, none of them get it right. No, <laughs> no. Um, and you know you hit on it. Uh, it. This really is one of the first, maybe the first, but they they characterize it as one of the first depictions of scientifically reanimated corpses. Right. Uh, you know through this reagent that he that he comes yeah. up with, um, and it's you know it's it's a great effect. I mean because it's it shows he- right off you know through his experiments, but when he finally does get it right, yeah, they're dangerous. And you know you, you know you oh. realize right away that it's just wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's also there's also things like Weekend and Bernie's was there taken <laughs> from this. Uh, there's so many, and we'll get to them as sure as we go. Yeah. But I was laughing at, at a lot of the, just like oh man, like all these different things like right. were they, they all this this is a great. It's our longest one so far. Yeah. And um, um, yeah, I think this is the first one with chapters, right? And, and it's just like. Man, this one is so good, and, and it sets up such a a long form story, and it manages to like keep you engaged the whole time, just with 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 how he did it. Right, right. I mean, yeah, this is um, definitely this is the longest one that we that we have read together so far, and this will be our first two part mm. episode because we want to talk about this one because yeah. you know there's there's a large kind of cloud that hangs over this one because of the movie attached to this right. one and. I know a lot of people are a fan of the film, and it has its its merits, but this story really never got the story treatment, which, yes, this in its way kind of is a horror comedy, and yeah. we'll talk about it later, but um, there's so many great, horrific images in here that, man, yeah. if, this was, if this was handled as like a period piece... Yeah. You know, with the whole, with all of it, you know, played straight, no tongue in cheek, <laughs> yeah. just played straight, yeah. would have been amazing. Like a Netflix series, yeah. you know, I would love to see a six-part Netflix series of each of these sections. It'd be amazing. Yeah, played straight, played during the time period, during the 1920s. Um, you know, that's what I want to see. And, and this, I think, is the first time, and I, the first time I've noticed it. Uh-huh. This one, um, he's so effective 
in short form explaining locations and things. Mm -hmm. He doesn't go over exhaustive. He, mm -hmm. he he narrows in on here's where it is. This is what it looks like. Blah blah blah. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't go too much, and you're there. Yeah. And you're there. Right. So like, and I'm sure he didn't want to waste too much time with that kind of stuff because he had all these scenes set up. You know. Yeah, and he he was definitely um you know he he was he was kind of boxed in for this, and you know, uh, this was not one of his favorite works, but you know, I don't think artists. Authors, musicians, whatever you want to say, I don't think they get to choose the works that they're remembered for. Yeah, he, they never know what are going to be the things that connects with people. Yeah. and you know this clearly connected with a lot of people. Clearly connected with Stuart Gordon, who decided to you know create this into a film along with a, a few other of his stories. And um, you know it's it has a conciseness to it that that I do appreciate. And I and even though it is you know a, a lot of these stories do con consist of you know on last week's episode of Reanimator, <laughs> um, but it's okay. I mean, it's and it, and it's fun, and you could tell maybe he was annoyed in the beginning, right. but by the by the end, he fully like he's into it. You know what I mean? He's settled into his mode where it's like we get these horrific, you know, images, but then the language kind of follows too. Yeah. I mean, later he describes things as vampire bat, yeah. like hovering well, over the town. And well, uh, that was one thing that I actually did appreciate because we were talking about this. That like um, when I read this stuff, I get caught up in my inner monologue, and I yeah. gotta like. Okay, no, no, stop. Yeah, just yeah. see what you're seeing, read what you're reading, and just yeah. see it as it goes. Yeah. But um, I appreciated the recap. Yeah. I got to the point where I was like, okay, yeah, okay, thank you. And um, once again, he didn't waste breath with it. He just went right into the thing. He rolled through it. Right. Oh, and also, remember, I told you that like I knew him from here. Here's where we met. Right. And it was just like, I was like, okay, cool. All right, because you get lost in all the other right. stuff that's going on, because right. it's not so descriptive scenery-wise, yeah. but it's very descriptive of what they're doing at particular times. Sure, sure. No, and and yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, also with that, uh, it also kind of gives you the idea of like, because he talks about at the end, uh, once again, we have an unnamed narrator. Yeah. Um, he talks about, um, you know, at the end being questioned by police. And it's almost like this is like, he's been brought back in six times. Yeah. So he has to reiterate what he said last yeah. time. Again. Yeah. I met him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, I don't know if that was intentional, but that was like, for me, because I knew that it was serialized for a specific reason, which we'll get to in a moment, I kind of put that in my mind. It's like, well, he has to retell it again. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, don't you remember? I told you we met at Mr. Yeah. Tonight. I told you during the, the the plague, we had to all do these things. Yeah. And I told you that, you know, so it's, it, it works. This dude was wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. Told you from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this was written uh, between October 1921 and June of 1922, and it was first serialized in February through July 1922 in the amateur publication Home Brew. Hmm. All right. It's a fun little title. Yeah. What do we get? Pinecone, the Wolverine. We get these Home yeah. Brew. Hmm. They're fun. <laughs> They're all bars that in the uh, World's End movie they had to stop in to do a point. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't these all names of the uh, camps at... Uh, Bohemian uh, Grove? Bohemian Grove. Uh, they might be. <laughs> Shh. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Um, podcast. <laughs> so, also, like you mentioned in the beginning, this is the first Lovecraft story to mention Miskatonic University. Although, Miskatonic Valley was mentioned in the picture in the house. Right. Um, you know, as soon as they hit you with it, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> and then we're in Arkham. It's like, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. We're fully in Lovecraft country. Mm -hmm. It feels good. Thank you, Howard. <laughs> um... Like I said uh, uh, earlier, Lovecraft did claim to be unhappy with the work, um, and he was writing it only because he was paying $5 for each installment. That's wild, because this, this one's so cool. Yeah, but uh, he called it, uh, quote, manifestly inartistic. 
and he disliked the requirements that each installment end with a cliffhanger and begin with a recap of the previous installment. He didn't like that. I yeah yeah I mean hey hey who, but who am I, I? Who am I? I you know what though like I said like like I was just saying earlier artists authors musicians don't get to choose their pieces that end up speaking to you know right audiences. it's always someone later that's like well they push their glasses yeah. up and they go oh, I felt a little artistic impressive. Right. You know, and you're like and well, everyone goes yeah that guy knows what he's talking about <laughs> well I'm, I'm just saying that you know for whatever, for whatever reason no, <laughs> <laughs> for whatever reason this story seems to connect with people maybe it's because of the movie maybe it isn't but there's something about this that people really like and you know it, it sticks because you know you people can take Keep talking about you it. could take this story and just throw the movie out as far as I'm concerned because like th- this is so much cooler and I see the points that they put in the movie yep. and they're like yep. oh the head's gonna do stuff and oh he was or like yeah um yeah I mean that's you know I-, I feel like you know we'll probably have to do an episode where we watch the movie well for the patreon right um <laughs> everybody has a patreon yeah. um there's definitely you could definitely see why they went the route they did with it but if you just took the story straight and told it just the way that it's told here without injecting no pun intended uh your own Mm. stuff you would have it's great like pun intended um (laughs) so it's great and i you know the things that make it great are the things that you know are not present in that film. And um, I know a lot of folks enjoy that movie. I've never been a big fan of it because it's like, we have so many of this movie. Mm. We have this movie already. And yeah, that, Stuart Gordon's vision, and, you know, no shade on him, but his vision went on to, um, you know, inform the movies that you you mentioned before. And that is great, but when people tell me like what oh hp lovecraft oh like reanimator i'm like that's the farthest you can get from lovecraft yeah. sorry yeah and then i push up my glasses <laughs> <laughs> um yeah um you know nothing against it i know a lot of folks like it but this story yeah like you said this story is this is it this is this is the ultimate version of it because it is the original made by hp lovecraft that's... and um yeah we're here for it <laughs> so um Another little point that I want to say before we get into it, a lot of scholars see this as an homage or even a parody of Frankenstein. Oh, absolutely. So um, it's easy to see with the reanimation of it and the f- the reanimation angle, I should say. Um, but a lot of people get a little nitpicky. They're like, well, they're trying to, you know... Um, Reanimate, you know, parts and or, or a whole bo- a whole body. Frankenstein was made up of these different things. It's like, yeah, but they get to that later when he's yeah. just trying to do parts. Yeah, I very much think this is Lovecraft's riff on Frankenstein. Oh, absolutely. Just like I think Charles Xavier Ward is his riff on Dracula. <gasps> we'll get to that later. Hot take. What? <laughs> anyway, as a big Frankenstein fan, yes, yes, I saw it right away. And also, good. Yeah, great take. Yeah. More, like, you know, like yeah, I, I was in it full run. Yeah, no, because you know, you were following his his exploits and his monsters come back to destroy him. So uh, just like we talked about in the last episode, he takes those things that are already there, turns them on their head. Yep. And even though maybe he doesn't like the form that it came out because he was fit into this box, and we know how how you know much of a little snob Howard could be at times about people messing with his work. Mm-hmm. Hey, 
editors are good sometimes, <laughs> and they, they helped him get into this. So, uh, so here it is. Uh, this is you know we have six parts uh, to this story. Um, we're going to be uh, you know dividing into two episodes, but uh, six serialized parts, and it's it's good stuff. But here we get the first part from the dark. So the narrator begins to recount his history with our title character, Herbert West, uh, who has recently disappeared, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And he details his time as a medical student at Miskatonic University, which is when the narrator became fascinated by West's theories, ideas, uh, that the human body is simply um, a complex organic machine that can be, quote, restarted. Mm -hmm. All right? Uh, You know, West goes on to experiment on a slew of different animals, uh, all resulting in failure, um, until one shows signs of life and violence, right? That seems mm-hmm. to be the first thing that we see, right? Um, after all these experiments, uh, you know, kind of the word kind of gets out, and West is barred from any future experiments at the college by the venerable and well-respected Dr. Halsey. So, uh, Lovecraft gives, gives us this passage. Holding with Haeckel that all life is a chemical and physical process and that the so-called soul is a myth, my friend, believed that artificial reanimation of the dead can depend only on the condition of the tissues, and that unless actual decomposition has set in, a corpse fully equipped with organs may with suitable measures be set going again in the peculiar fashion known as life, that the psychic or intellectual life might be impaired by the slight deterioration of sensitive brain cells, which even a short period of death would be apt to cause, West fully realized. It had at first been his hope to find a reagent which would restore vitality before the actual advent of death, and only repeated failures on animals had shown him that the natural and artificial life motions were incompatible. He then sought extreme freshness in his specimens, injecting his solutions into the blood immediately after the extinction of life. It was this circumstance which made the professors so carelessly skeptical for they felt that true death had not occurred in any case. They did not stop to view the matter closely and reasoningly. So there's this whole... It's all laid out there. I mean, he... Guy's done his research. He's done his research, but he's not sentimental. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, uh, the Nor soul... should he be. No, no. Uh, and the soul is a myth. Uh, and that, you know, like he, like Howard said, it's, it's, it's the artificial reanimation of the dead can depend on the condition of that body. Right. Like, it needs to be fresh. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like <laughs> going further, it just wasn't fresh enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which... No matter what way you read this, you know. So also too, you get you get the uh, the experimenting on animals. You mm-hmm. know, it's not not so much that like, oh no, this is a med student and he's experimenting on animals. Right. But kind of seems like he takes a little joy in experimenting on animals. Kind of. And you know, uh, he's had to have gotten through a lot of them to realize, you know, just how fresh they need to be. Right. Right. So, so we we don't we don't have a you know sentimental man here. We have a right. Very science brainy kind of right, cold, cold, non-emotional. Yeah, um, and you know he's, a machine that you point at something and they just do. Yeah, you know? yeah. He has he has his. This is all he cares about. All he wants to do is 
uh, he wants to figure this out. How can I, you know, get past this superstition of, of death and the soul and all this nonsense? It's just a chemical process. If only he could find a way. If only he, he could find a way. <laughs> to, to just have so many bodies to work with, you know? I mean, I'm sure he'll find some, you know, hijinks I to get into. this guy seems focused enough, I think. <laughs> I think we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, after all these animal experiments, which... In the film, is that scene when the cat goes berserk and they like that? It, it's like pet cemetery. No, there's the scene in. Um, no, I'm saying it's. Oh yeah, yeah. very pet cemetery. Yes, the cat's going berserk, and you could do just Jeffrey yeah. Combs and his insanity. Um, <laughs> I just, yeah, I just watched. Uh, it was on work. Uh, uh, the note you did last summer too, uh-huh. and it's like the only role that I ever in, like really enjoyed him as. Right. I was like, oh, he's actually tolerable in this. He's just hmm. a dickhead, and I'm like, all right, cool. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so, after all these animal tests, he Wes realizes he, he's got to experiment on human subjects. I mean, how is he going to make the next step, right? Um, and before they fully go into that next step, they, they give us, um, well, Howard gives us the, the uh, description of West, um, that he's this small, slender, spectacled youth with delicate features, yellow hair, pale blue eyes, and a soft voice. And it's very much, like, the ideas and words coming out of this, like, angelic almost child are these, like, the worst, like, you know, Mm -hmm. ghoulish, like, (laughs) it's, you know, it's, you know, it's a sweet and salty kind of thing. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, you know, it's the the wolf in sheep's clothing, man. It's the monster behind the, the the entity behind the child, you know, Mm -hmm. that it shows you. It's, It's wild. Right. Um... So, he, you know, he's just, you know, and, and the narrator takes the moment to, like, man, what the f- <laughs> Like, these things coming out of this, you know, very unassuming-looking, uh, you know, youth. Uh, but, you know, they're trying to figure out, all right, where are we going to get the bodies from? So first they're like, you know, all right, well, here's Christchurch Cemetery, right? But all the bodies are embalmed. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. No good. No good. It's not going to work. Uh, but there is the Potter's Field. Mm-hmm. All right? And so... They choose the players. <laughs> um, so they they get this whole venture together, right? They 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 start getting supplies. They're taking it from the college, right? Um, and they bring it out to this the abandoned Chapman farmhouse, right? And they're they're going to set up this this nice little meth lab, to basically. <laughs> I mean, it blows up just like a meth lab, exactly. <laughs> um, at first, they pay a group of men to rob graves for them, but none of the experiments group are successful. Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, further going on, though, West and the narrator uh, then need to start robbing the graves themselves, mm-hmm. right? Because um, that group of men, they don't want to use it. Didn't work out. <laughs> They're not equal opportunity. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. So we get this next, uh, this next passage. We followed the local death notices like ghouls, for our specimens demanded particular qualities. What we wanted were corpses interred soon after death and without artificial preservation, preferably free from malforming disease, and certainly with all organs present. Accident victims were our best hope. <sighs> it is it is creepy, and I like that the narrator is the one that can like kind of see that it's like we're we were like ghouls. We were yeah. You know he sees how yeah. messed up this is and like. But as it goes forward, you just see that, it, the, you know, our child, our Macaulay Culkin over here. <laughs> the good son. The good son <laughs> with, you know, glasses. Right. And a science brain. Uh, like, he just is like, we're doing a job here. Yeah. 
Like, this is a, a mission. Right. And we will accomplish it. Right. It's just a shame we don't have the fresh bodies. Right. And you know what? The, the narrator himself, I, I mean, I only think that he's kind of seeing it now for the first time, too, because when he was in it, he was in it. Sure, and later on, he but later on he, he kind of alludes to fame yeah. and, and things sure. like that. But. Sure, I think right now though, there's still that you know they still have the spark of, of youth in their oh, eyes. And it's fun. You're he's, yeah. they're young. They're college students. They're like doing all stealing the, they're bodies. Doing, they're doing naughty stuff. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he lays it out here. You know, they cannot have the artificial preservation. Uh, it would be best if they don't have a disease mm-hmm. that would you know mess with their physiology. Yeah. Um, Definitely need all the organs. Um, and accident victims, great. Yeah. Best. <laughs> the best. Um, so one night they steal the corpse of a workman from the potter's field who died that morning in a drowning accident. Um, perfect. Perfect. And we get this fun little grave robbing scene. Yeah. They talk, he sets the mood. They're talking about how they dig it. You know. They're probably giggling you know, as they're doing it. Yeah. Wait till we get to the hound. That's all about grave digging. You'll love it. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're kind of struck at this point that, um, at least I was, that they don't, West in particular, doesn't really view these corpses as human anymore. They're just things to him. Yeah. Right? We And we get this, we get a little quote here from um, from Lovecraft. A sound animal without psychological subtleties and probably having vital processes of the simplest and healthiest sort. You know, the workman was just a dumb, oh, I work outside. Yeah. Like, you know, he's already saying, like, you know. I eat a sandwich for lunch. Sandwich. Yeah, sandwich. <laughs> and, you know, I also noticed from this part that whenever they take a corpse, they don't refer to it by gender or anything. Yeah, it's it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Or he also says, like, the materials right. at one point. Like, yeah. yeah. I need the raw materials. Yeah. It's like, all right. So, hey, once you dehumanize something, humans yeah. are good at uh, oh, yeah. you know, dehumanizing and doing atrocities. Yeah, so. you just, like, throw their goods out on the on, for the trash. Yeah, you know? yeah, whatever you need to do. Yeah. You know. That's all trash. No one cares about it. No sentimentality. Yeah. So they take it back to the farmhouse and, in, and inject it with West serum. But nothing happens. Right. Um, they wait a while, like a good long while, and they decide that this batch of the reagent is completely ineffective. Um, or so they think. Mm. So, <laughs> so later on, while they're working, um, an inhuman scream is heard from within the room that was containing the corpse. And we get this great passage. Not more unutterable could have been the chaos of hellish sound if the pit itself had opened to release the agony of the damned. For in one inconceivable cacophony was centered all the supernal terror and unnatural despair of animate nature. Human it could not have been. It is not in man to make such sounds. And without a thought of our late employment or its possible discovery, both West and I leaped to the nearest window like stricken animals, overturning tubes, lamp and retorts, and vaulting madly into the starred abyss of the rural night. I think we screamed ourselves as we stumbled frantically toward the town, though as we reached the outskirts, we put on a semblance of restraint, just enough to seem like belated revelers staggering home from a debauch. A debauch. (laughs) Um, Yeah, man. Um, So this thing wakes up, and they're so freaked out by it, and they're such... uh, Kids, yeah, they're such lads. Yeah, that they just they just get the fuck out of there. <laughs> it's 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 a comical scene, right? Turning over t- 
tubes, lamps, knocking tables over. I was just looking at the, uh, the trying to find the name of the movie, but mm-hmm. uh, the um, it was Return of the Living Dead 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Th- this kind of reminiscent of when, like, they wake the things up where they run into them and they're just like, it's like almost zany. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, th- this specimen, I-, I think they totally took from the story the body in the, like, the capsules. Oh, yeah. Because, like... The, what is that, the Muck Man or the Tar Man? There's one of them. Tar yeah. Man's one of them. But also yeah. there's the other one that's just, like, all bald and yellow. Yes. You yes. know what I mean? So I definitely see in this, like, this scene, and then the next one they yeah, do... Yeah. I just wanted to get that out there because before I forgot it, and I just... I, the, yeah, those ones yeah. are clearly taken from this kind of story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no. Uh, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Um... I also think it's funny that there. I think we screamed ourselves as we stumbled frantically yeah. toward the town. Uh, but as they get closer, like, okay, all right, uh, uh, pretend we're drunk, pretend right. we're drunk. You know, we're, like it's fine. Yeah. We're fine. Yeah. We're almost to town. Just chill out. Yeah. Uh, and and I love it because it's like they finally get what they want, and it's they're so scared when it yeah. happens. Yeah. Yep. Stop yeah. running. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do run. Yeah. They finally find the thing that they're trying to. Th- fine and they're just like let's get the fuck out of here <laughs> it's it's but you know they, scooby-doo yeah exactly uh running between door yeah. and back you know <laughs> across the hallway uh <laughs> and um but you know they they describe this sound that it makes and it's you know it's this you know this horrible mm. horrible sound and you know it gets them going and uh <laughs> it does get them going they, they get the hell out of there yeah I also pictured you running from uh, Marlboro State, and you hear that thing in your ear. Oh, you know? yeah. That's very much the same thing. Yeah. My feet didn't touch the ground exactly. the whole way back. <laughs> um, so the next day, the newspaper reports that the Chapman farmhouse had burned down and that a grave in the potter's field had been recently clawed out. Mm. All right? Um, the farmhouse burning down, that makes sense because they knocked all that oh, stuff chemical over. chemical ove, yeah. Yep, yep. But... Mustard gas happened. Yeah, too. all this yeah. crazy stuff. There's like fireworks for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. Way bigger than the explosion needs yeah. to be. <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven when the when the house explodes <laughs> did not need to be. That's what I'm thinking. That movie rocks. <laughs> but the thing that they can't understand is, well, we covered that grave over. Why is why is anything disturbed? And then you think about it for a minute. The corpse was trying to get back, back in the grave. The ground, yeah, and it's like, ugh. Maybe Tommy Jarvis showed up. Maybe helped out Part Seven. I Light, see. Lightning bolt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You never know. You never. You don't know. This is H.P. Lovecraft. <clears throat> you never. It's, yeah. it's true, and you never know. So now, <clears throat> because of this, this this first real horrific incident that that occurs, <clears throat> West now feels hunted and constantly looks over his yeah, shoulder. I love that idea though, that I just wanted to go back. It's like yeah, and then stuff like this happens later. But like this is the first kind of like I just want it. Why did you bring me back? You know, like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like even even this thing yeah. that is you know shouldn't be awake is this this horror of science. It still has this understanding of balance that should yeah. not have been disrupted. Like, yeah, no, it's I'm against dead. nature. Yeah, yep. But I was finally sleeping. I work too much. You know, yeah. like yeah, I don't have to go to my wife and kids, <laughs> <laughs> my in-laws. Right, right. It's no more holidays. Yeah. It's over. My troubles are over. What? What is this? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> So, and that's the end of that first section. So, um, and that brings us up to our next section. The Plague Demon. And we get this opening passage. I shall never forget that hideous summer 16 years ago when, like a noxious afrit from the halls of Eblis Typhoid, stalked leeringly through Arkham. It is by that satanic scourge that most recall the year 
for truly terror brooded with bat wings over the piles of coffins in the tombs of Christchurch Cemetery. Yet for me, there is a greater horror in that time. A horror known to me alone now that Herbert West has disappeared. First of all, round of applause for that. Can we get a Wendigo riff there? Yeah, Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> truly terror brooded with bat wings over the piles of coffins and the tombs of Christchurch Cemetery? Thank you, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That, th- this one's going to have a lot of those in it. Like, this it one does. does. And I, I was saying to Jay before this that, like, my my inner monologue was getting like because I was like oh my god that's a thing I'm like wait 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 I'm reading here you know like yeah. and like but there were so many that would like kind of trump the other one right. that I was just kind of like they're all great you know, you kind of just get to the point where like yeah I'm done yeah this the story's a treat go read it yeah right right <laughs> um so there should have been a window to playing throughout actually <laughs> yeah well we got to keep them punctuated yeah you're right. Maybe going forward, but this is serialized, so that you just get <laughs> yeah, the little. Yeah. It's broken up in the parts. Yeah. Um, so this is where we get our first recap, right? And it's um, it's a little shocking going from some of the earlier stories yeah. that we read, but it's not so bad. And we, you know, once you know that it's happening, and you yourself said that you enjoyed them, so it was yeah. fine. Um, but we get that um, you know West is still at odds with the professors at Miskatonic for his let's call them ghoulish pursuits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Admit it. Um, but. In West's mind, he kind of gets a stroke of luck here when this typhoid epidemic uh, breaks out and West and the narrator are called to help um, tend all these, like, all these dying victims of this typhoid that yeah. comes through. And of particular note here is that Dr. Dr. Halsey, who was, you know, uh, West's, you know, adversary, basically, in the, in the uh, first section, um, he's a hero. Uh, it shows, they tell you how, um, you know, he... Uh, just you know, selfless. You know, put, puts himself out there. Um, but no, he's he's you know he 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 works for hours at a time, like you know to to, to exhaustion. But he's older, and it's you know we don't. He's know George work. Clooney from ER. Sure, I'll Let's go. go with that. I'll go with that. Let's go with that. I, I was thinking my brother, the doctor from the from the birds. That's not a hero. From his perspective, he's a hero. Okay, just go with it. I don't know. Um, Did you know Tom Hanks? <laughs> <laughs> um, so with all these, you know, bodies piling up, you know, you know, West is a, a, a monster. Yeah. And he's like, you know. Doesn't care. Yeah. I might be able to uh, get some more research done here. And it's exactly what he does. First chance he gets. Uh, he smuggles a body into the dissection room. And thereafter begins... They don't say how many, but he begins injecting his patients with this new serum to try it out, um, which has no greater effect than we get a few of them start to open their eyes, right? <laughs> the eyes open. And then it was like one or two of them, they get this facial expression of like horror, like, yeah. and then they just die again. Yeah. It's like, all right. That's, that's terrifying. Yeah. Because it's like, it's like we, we just said with the other. Uh, I shouldn't be here. Yeah, De- uh, it's over, and um, you know lo- their life is over, and they're brought back to this their moment of death, essentially. Right, they're brought back to the moment of death, the last moment of consciousness, mm-hmm. and then they're not. Mm-hmm. So everything they just went through, whatever chemicals released in the brain at that moment, yeah, they're not there anymore. Mm-mm. So anything that that releases in the brain that would that gives you that comfort in those last moments. Right. 
they've already been depleted. They're spent, right you now. Right. And you left bro, at the moment of death, DMT is secreted from the brain, and you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yes, but no. Anyway, <laughs> um, but even if here's another thing that I, I, I my mind went to, mm-hmm. and maybe because like he's saying, you know, the the. There is no soul, right? Like right. that's that's a myth. But maybe in the story, yeah. part of that natural thing is there is no soul in the body. Right. So it's brought back as this mechanism without its guidance. If that makes any kind of sense. Yeah, without its gu- without its moral compass. Exactly. So like at that point, it's like you're bringing back this shell or shill of this meat robot. Yeah, this meat robot that yeah. doesn't have its programming. Right. So that's why they're prone to violence or these other yeah. things. So like. That was just the thought that I went to. Yeah. As a good Christian. No, I was kidding. <laughs> and that was the last episode. Yeah, that's no, 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 all good. No, 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 that's 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 a great poll. I um, just I just thought that like that was because he he confronts his own moralities and his own faith yeah. and like stuff like this all the time. Sure. So maybe this was him playing with that kind of idea of yeah. contradicting his own beliefs. Yeah. Is, is is that you know is that piece of um you know is that piece of like you know heavenliness or whatever you want to call it. Um, in, uh, inside us and is that a piece that departs at yeah. death yeah. and without it you know you yeah. have no you know there's no onboard navigation yeah. systems there's no moral compass there's no there's anything. no angel and devil on the shoulder right. to argue you right. know, and, and tell you what to do next right you're just a maniac mm-hmm. so yeah I, I think that's I think that's great that's a great and it's probably the f- that's probably the first time I heard that so good for you Ken hey <laughs> hey hey but this is where it gets to go it starts to go nuts a fool like me you know <laughs> <laughs> a scallywag yeah. such as I uh, just a street urchin yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> riff raff street trash. oh boy I don't buy that it's Aladdin uh, I know also HP <laughs> <laughs> I know the whole genie thing yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's supposed to be Nigel Lathotep but Disney they had to change no. Um, that would have been sick. It would have been. So um, he's doing these experiments. You know, doesn't get very far, but we get this, yeah, you know, this, this strangeness of them, die, you know, opening their eyes and then dying again. And eventually, during this whole uh, epidemic, uh, Doctor Halsey dies from yes, typhoid. He does. Yes, he does. Um, you know, everyone's pretty bummed out about it. Uh, this guy was like, you know, a pillar of the community. He was... I know one person who isn't bummed out about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they have a funeral for him. Yeah. You know, he, he's he, he's buried, but uh, somebody gets an idea. Like, they're at the funeral, and then Herbert West has a, uh, a light bulb, light bulb right above his head. Yeah, right. He was already like, he's like, yeah. wait for him to die. Yeah. It's like, as soon he's, as he's dead. You're next, mother. You're yeah. next. Yeah, he, pro- he probably gave him like an infected blanket. Here's a yeah. blanket. <laughs> yeah. And also, he was just like, every, like, uh, every, like, piece of like syringe and embalming fluid. Yeah. They're all oh, they're all broken. We're just gonna have to do it the old fashioned way. Yeah. Yeah. Put them in without the embalming. <laughs> yeah. Don't embalm him. Yep. And as he you know and as he uh, made sure that he uh, you know got infected, he was like, out am I? <laughs> Green Goblin. Yeah, I know. I. Your face turned into Willem Dafoe. <laughs> out. <am I? laughs> no one says no to me. Sorry, sorry, folks. Um, He's nuts. I'm not sorry. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, and in this in this final act of you know, almost twisted respect, almost uh, West, you know, sees him as this yeah, sees him as this perfect vessel to be this. Yeah. He's like, if I can get him, th- this guy, you know, yeah, I didn't like him, but he was of intellect. Yeah. He was, you know, let's see what happens. Yeah, this is like the highest form of mind that I, you yeah. know, the the. Uh, uh, pinnacle of science at the time if yeah. if we could get him to come back yeah. and understand you know yep. this would be you know yeah. if anyone could understand the coming back and yeah. not being like 
no more Thanksgivings. You know, <laughs> this would be the guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so so West steals his uh, his corpse to uh, give him the old uh, the old jab. Yeah, the old jab. <laughs> um, so. Lovecraft presents this almost in a, a miniature outsider way. We're like, yeah. what's happening? It's, but we know right from the beginning uh, that, you know, and I'll lay it out in the way that it actually happens, not the way that, that, that uh, Lovecraft writes it. But, you know, essentially West and the narrator, they take Halsey's body back to West's room, pretending that he's a drunk buddy. Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he just can't handle yeah. his liquor. You know this guy. Um, and the, the, man, the man in the middle and... Uh, yeah. In uh, Scary Stories Tell the Dark. Yep. Um, and they inject him with this new se- this new serum. And um, we're not given the timeline because they kind of, the way that Howard yeah. presents it. Um, but Halsey does reanimate. But he's less intelligent and <laughs> way more violent. <laughs> like, even way more than the last experiment. Yeah. Uh, and he goes berserk, right? Um, so after... Beating West and the narrator into like a pulp, yeah, just unconsciousness, like beats just, the crap out of yeah. him. Yeah, like like he recognizes them, but like yeah. just cannot hold his. Yeah. You know, uh, and he doesn't want to because like yeah. that compass is gone. So yeah. it's just like these little piss ants, yeah. who have been like you know, have been. I'll a, teach you to steal bodies. Yeah, right, right, yeah, but can't articulate. It. Right. It's just like the only thing he can articulate is is embarking on a killing spree. Yeah, he turned into <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin in a hospital or supermarket yes. with Booker T or Vince, yeah. and he just went haywire. He did. He totally did. Everyone got stunned, and he was barking in their face. <laughs> <laughs> Literally beating and murdering dozens of people, yeah. um, you know, before he is shot non-fatally by yeah. the police. But we'll t- but we'll go through it. So, first off, he he claws a workman to death uh, so savagely that it's first thought to have been done by escaped circus animals. Yeah. Because it's like, what could have done this to a person? Because a, a human wouldn't have done this. No. Um, and the only thing back then that would have done that was an escaped circus animal. I mean, that's always... I mean, are we in Earth or German territory right now? Could it have been a circus ape? Yes. Because right? you know you don't box a circus ape. 110%. Okay. No, you don't box a circus ape. Because you get es- ripped apart. Especially if it's your lover. We did come across that, yes, didn't we? we? Did. we did. <laughs> it was a love story. Yes, it was. <laughs> so, um... The details going further, I'm going to leave to Howard in this next passage. The next night, devils danced on the roofs of Arkham, an unnatural madness howled in the wind. Through the fevered town had crept a curse which some said was greater than the plague, and which some whispered was the embodied demon soul of the plague itself. Eight houses were entered by a nameless thing which strewed red death in its wake. In all, 17 maimed and shapeless remnants of bodies were left behind by the voiceless, sadistic monster that crept abroad. A few persons had half seen it in the dark and said it was white and like a malformed ape or anthropomorphic fiend. It had not left behind quite all that it had attacked, for sometimes it had been hungry. The number it had killed was 14. Three of the bodies had been in stricken homes and had not been alive. Damn. It did cannibal things, you know? It did. It, dude, it went wild. Yeah. Like, yeah, it did. Imagine seeing that in the dark. Just because they're talking, it's like, it looks like a, uh, a malformed ape and that it was white. Yeah, so, like, you so see it's like white a skinny, just, pale, and it's like. But then blood yeah. going down its, oh. down its, down its face yeah. and all the way down its yeah. body. And it's, it's nude body. Yeah. And then, you know, Great hey, bush. We'll, we'll, we'll get gross. Um, 
you know, we could even give some uh, uh, credit to HP here for uh, the first Halloween. He must have gotten hungry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Howard did it first. Howard does it all first. I told you. I know. I man, I'm only what twenty. This is twenty four. Episode twenty four. No, twenty six. Twenty six. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm. Already, I already know. Like I yep. like all of this. We but, haven't got epic yeah, shit. And like, yet. but most of the <laughs> movies are like already and TV shows. All the concepts have already been in here. Yeah. You're like, oh, people would come to him. Oh, Howard, check out this idea. He's like, yeah, I already did that, like, yeah. 30 years ago. Yeah, and then he throws it out the window. Yeah, just. He's like, oh, you wanted the what really happened here? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, man. I Go mean, for this... the music demon, get out of here. Right. So I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, devils danced on the roofs of Arkham. Love it. I mean, that's you know, that's some Metallica lyrics right there. <laughs> um, uh, no, you know. Well, no, I just, I, you know, how my opinion that. Uh, James Hetfield's a bitch. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Whatever, man. We're just—I'm just trying to make a, an analogy here. Fine. Those are Slayer lyrics there right go. there. Is cool. that better for you? I don't know there much go. about them. So <laughs> go for it. Okay, uh. dude. I'm the one learning Lovecraft. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks. We're getting a little antsy in our pantsy here. Yeah, we do it. Um, yeah, but you know, this is a great scene. Just thinking of this yeah. beast that is—it's just a man. Tear ass and with all. Mental faculties removed, yeah. you know, all no no morals, just just pure violent instinct, right? When when I got hungry, I ate. Mm-hmm. When I was enraged, I killed. Right. So he's Forrest Gump, yes. is what you're saying. I, okay, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> uh, life is like a box of chocolates. It is and bloody he chocolates. Yeah, ooh. Ooh. And he he was just running, you know. Wonderful. So this is H.P. Lovecraft's Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Yeah. All right. So, after this, you know, complete just carnage occurs in Arkham. Um, absolute mayhem. Absolute mayhem. The, uh, you know, everyone's on, on high alert. So, the rebels are very quickly, you know, police are ready. They're like, if you see anything, you hear anything, you know, call it in. And they do. And the police are able to show up pretty pretty quickly. And they shoot him non-fatally. And Halsey is taken to the local men- mental institution. And we have another passage here that I just have to leave to, to Howard again. So, For it had been a man. This much was clear despite the eyes, the voiceless simianism, and the demoniac savagery. They dressed its wound and carted it to the asylum at Sefton, where it beat its head against the walls of a padded cell for 16 years, until the recent mishap when it escaped under circumstances that few like to mention. What had most disgusted the searchers of Arkham was the thing they noticed when the monster's face was cleaned. The mocking, unbelievable resemblance to a learned and self-sacrificing martyr who had been entombed but three days before. The late doctor, Alan Halsey, public benefactor and dean of the medical school of Miskatonic University. So yeah, that's the reveal of it. So, But, but also say say what you were just saying about, about Halloween. Oh yeah, this that's, you know... We know if you know anything about John Carpenter, you know he's a big um, Lovecraft fan. He's cribbing some stuff from yeah. this right here. Oh, he sat in that padded cell for 16 years. You know, it wasn't. It was the shape of a man. Yeah. I'm not calling him out. Yeah, no, but no, but it's, it's it's right here. Yeah, it's right in there. 1921. Right, and it's it's yeah, it's no, it's the creepier parts. It's like what can I add to this thing to make it creepier? Right. You know, and it right. it is kind of in the originals. Michael Myers was just a person, and of course they end up going to that whole right. like you know demon thing. But no, it's no, it's right there, and I, I love that you pointed that out during during the uh, the read there. Yeah. Well, it's you know it's it's great, and you know like I said earlier, you know they 
the way that uh, HP does the reveal here is is a little more you know akin to the way that you know the outsider is done, but it's very obvious. So I just wanted to lay out yeah. the way that we did. But yeah, and you see it coming a mile away. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's you know this this learned doctor, it's Doctor Halsey, and he you know he removed you know removed from his you know his his you know his profession and his you know the way that it was before just becomes this this animalistic beast and um the smartest of the ones so far brought back yeah but may, he becomes the worst yeah and maybe it's like the brighter the picture the darker the negative yeah right but like maybe it's like i like the idea of that like we're like the his brain was <coughs> high, so high functioning for you know working as best as he could and and do all this good like that had to have been the hierarchy of his brain pushing mm-hmm. back all this stuff so hard that once it's removed, only yeah. the yeah, that's all. Yeah. Neanderthal brain is there, yeah. and it was so much worse because how hard the other side had to work to push down all that craziness because it saw all the right. evil men do and it worked to fix it. You know, like sure, I don't know. It's a, it's a cool point, yeah. and also like that. I think is this one I want to wait for here. This is the body that was put in the canister because they, they didn't know what to do with it. It was being yeah. against the thing, put it in the cont- you know, canister, <laughs> and that's what got out, hit the water, and Return of the Living Dead 1 and 2 happened. There it is. Blew it wide open. Wide open. <laughs> yeah, no, he's very much the um, the dark reflection of what he used to be. Yeah. It, it's, it's a perversion, right? Yeah. It's just, it's complete, just here's this, you know, pillar of the community, this amazing doctor. Let's just completely ruin yep. his legacy by, you know, by doing this to him, even though no one really knows that it really was him. Um, but we get our first little bit of comedy here where uh, all that Herbert West can say about this entire thing was, damn, it wasn't quite fresh enough. And like that, that becomes the thing here. And I'm a firm believer that Lovecraft invents horror comedy right here. Well, you, cause it plays out like they're both, they both kind of like wake up like yeah. and they get up yeah, and he looks over at him and that's when he yeah. says it, it's you like, know? Damn, it wasn't quite fresh enough. And it, and it comes right after this, these, this horrific like passage where he tells yeah. you that he rips these people apart. He eats some of them. You know, this, this, this learned man becomes this, just this shell of a human and all Wes can say is like, damn, it wasn't quite fresh enough. Yeah. And just, you know, and it's hysterical. It is. No, it is. <laughs> And, and also, you could tell that he liked making that joke about him, you know, about the, oh yeah, the perf- the, oh yeah. The there's doctor. there's there's a perverseness here about yeah. West, where it's just like you know, because he has such little respect for whatever you know esteem humans hold themselves in. Yeah, that once he can reverse that, yeah. he takes pleasure in it mm-hmm. for sure. Scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings totally. us to our next section, which is six shots by midnight. So, now they're licensed doctors. <laughs> you know, of course they are. I love the time skip, too, yeah. you know. It's oh, like... the jump is great. Cut to. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, no cut to. Yeah, no. Give what's in between. Yeah. <laughs> so, now that they're licensed doctors, uh, West and the narrator go into practice together in the small New England town of Bolton. Um, this is right outside of Arkham. It's like a mill town. Right. You know, it's rural, but there's still a decent community of people. And they purchase a house near the local cemetery. I don't know, to have ease of access to corpses? Yeah. (laughs) Why else? Yeah, they're not... They don't enjoy the ambiance. I mean, I think they do. You ever see Cemetery Men? Yeah. 
I got this. Yeah, yeah. From there. Yeah, it's it's got that it's yeah. got that kind of vibe. Kind and of. that's the aesthetic that I took. Yeah, I like it. The visuals. Yeah, if you were doing this as a series, that's yeah. what you would do. French director, you know. <laughs> Could do that. Um, oh, yeah. cemetery was French, Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Um, so they, even though they're in this somewhat rural area, they have a very busy practice. Yeah. You know, they're these two young doctors, but these mill workers are just violent. They're always fighting. Mm-hmm. They're stabbings on mm-hmm. the reg. It's pretty nuts. Well, you work in a mill, you know. Yeah. And this is where I want to double down. That I really want to see this as a six-part Netflix series. We should just be the ones to do it. Pitch and it. I mean no tongue-in-cheek. Played yeah. straight. Yep. Um, no, like, Jeffrey Combs staring off into the distance. Yeah, and, like, doing, like, doing, like, that shit he does with his mouth, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's, it was of its time. That, but that's, see, that's what pisses me off about things like that, when people take their performance to a way of doing things just because they think it looks weird and it'll creep people out. When, like, someone who... I read H.P. Lovecraft now. No, but, like, like <laughs> so I've seen, you know... Yeah, I, you know, I was watching Salem's Lot when I was four. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, when you see that kind of stuff, you're like... You're like, this isn't scary. You're just being a weirdo, you know? And well, also, being a movie. tough guy, I could beat up weirdos. No, I'm, right, no, I'm, right. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So, they build a secret lab in the basement. <laughs> of course they do. As you do. Um, and the two, you know, once again, begin their experiments. Uh, and they have these several corpses that they take from this this potter's field, which is right there. Um, with, um, with varying outcomes. Um, <sighs> yeah. But they do not achieve any kind of, um, of breakthrough uh, once again. Um, Howard lays it out for us. We had fair luck with specimens in Bolton, much better than in Arkham. We had not been settled a week before we got an accident victim on the very night of burial and made it open its eyes with an amazingly rational expression before the solution failed. It had lost an arm. If it had been a perfect body, we might have succeeded better. Between then and the next January, we secured three more. One total failure, one case of marked muscular motion, and one rather shivery thing. It rose of itself and uttered a sound. Then came a period when luck was poor. Interments fell off, and those that did occur were of specimens either too diseased or too maimed for use. We kept track of all the deaths and their circumstances with systematic care. Ugh. Yeah, the, 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 the corpse noises... Yeah, it rising and, and uttering a sound. Yeah, like those things. Like there are some movies that do get them right. Yeah, and uh, even like season one of Walking Dead did a couple of them pretty good. But like the the fresh coming back thing that isn't just a zombie. It, it, it's yeah. still a person looking. It's still but, sentient, and it makes that like uh, like that creeps me out. Like um, Bride of Frankenstein mm. when the noises she makes when first realizing, especially in. Um, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, um, the one with Robert De Niro, when yeah. Helena Bottom Carter comes back. That yeah. scene, when I was a kid, when I was like nine when I saw it, yeah. freaked me out because yeah. of her despair of being this thing. Yeah, she didn't want to be alive. Exactly. And like her seeing her and like looking and like then seeing Frankenstein's monster, be like that whole thing is just like... It's chills, the creeps, shivers, and mm-hmm. I go right... I put that yeah. right here. You know, yeah. that's... Ugh. Yeah, because somehow it's because because it's a natural process of life and death. Yeah, being brought back from wherever because they don't even give you that idea. Is there a hereafter? Yeah, them being pulled back. Let's say there is a hereafter. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're like, Ugh! you sit up. 
uh, and, and the just, pain yeah. and the and that also and that brings me to um, Return of the Living Dead two right where they they have the the the, the, cre- the woman one. brains yeah the pain the of pain, being yeah, alive yeah. I yep. think of that too yep. and it's like <clears throat> yeah because they're they're dead all all you know natural uh, you know functions of life have ceased so for them to come back it's just it must be the horror of yeah. horrors yeah it's like wait a minute I, the last I remember I was you know driving my car or I was surrounded by loved ones and I passed peacefully and yeah. now I'm like I'm on a table yeah. it's yeah. like that's you know that's it's it's awful yeah it's supreme horror yeah supreme supreme it's um, supernatural it's like supernatural above. right so still intent on uh, successfully reanimating a human being they claim the body of a boxing champion who died of a head wound in an illegal, uh, I guess you could say like a back alley sure. kind of street fight situation. Sure. The, the, boxing was not allowed. I'm picturing maybe even like the docks, because back then that's what they would do. they rope off the docks, and yeah. it, would, it would go It would go like 37 rounds. Wow. And yeah. Oh, yeah, they would just go. Oh, to, yeah, yeah. And that's how someone would win. Someone would fall and they wouldn't get back up. Yeah. A lot of people died like that back then. Yeah. So that's yeah. where I pictured maybe in this town in New England. Yeah. You know, by the dock, dock workers. Dock workers. And they did the ropes and everyone was there. Right. And, you know, it was one of the ones that won 40 rounds and exhaustion and head wound. Right. Yeah. One of those things, um, you know, or mill workers, whatever. But these are these are guys who are clearly part of a circuit because they had names. We get Kid O'Brien <laughs> and Buck Robinson, the Harlem Smoke. <laughs> I can imagine. I want to see the poster. Yeah, for this. that's a sick name though too. It the is. Harlem Smoke. It, it definitely is. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna read it. But we get an unbelievably racist description. Right. But that Kiddo, follows us. Kiddo got the best of Harlem Smoke in this one. I mean, he did. But Jesus Christ, Howard. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna read it because it's just. It's. It's whatever. But. Uh, it's more than whatever. But yeah. No, it's more than whatever. But I just. We know it's there. If you're reading along with us, you read it. It's gross. We're going to try to elevate it a little bit yeah. <laughs> by not reading it. Yeah. So um, the gamblers betting on this fight, um, they arrange for West to dispose of the body. He, he offers because, yeah. well, what are we going to do with this dead body? He's like, well, give it to me. I'll take mm-hmm. it. You guys don't worry about it. I didn't see nothing. You didn't see nothing. Yeah. So West and the narrator... Um, you know, we should, going forward, we should give the narrator our own names going further so we don't have to keep calling them the narrator. Because <laughs> there's a few more coming. You're right. <laughs> each each episode we should decide it, on. It makes me mad that you figured this out now. Yeah. Like, we could have had more. Yeah, hey, yeah. We're, st- we're still in... We're, we're almost... We're just leaving spring training. Okay. And we're about to have the... We're about to have... This is kind of like, um, you know, opening day. So, uh, uh, next story. Okay. Next story. Okay. Next story. I was, was going to say we're too far in. <laughs> we're too far. Right. So anyway, um, West and the narrator um, they take the body back to the lab and right away they inject it with every version of the rea- reagent that they have. Yeah, it's like what are you doing? Yeah, like isn't that how they made Captain America? Yeah, what, it's like <laughs> Pfizer, AstraZeneca. Oh, it's, Jesus it's, Christ. <laughs> Yes, all of those. Yeah, all of them. All those, all those company names are on his lab coat. Yeah, right. He's sponsored. <laughs> yeah, he's sponsored. He's like a good NASCAR racer in the lab. Perfect. <laughs> um, so he injects them with all these reagents, and once again, nothing happens. Um, and they take the they take the corpse out to this meadow, and they bury it in the most shallow bullshit grave you mm-hmm. can think of. They just they, they cover it with some vines. He still has his gloves on and yep. his, his yeah. y- you know American flag shorts. Yeah, 
He's still dressed like he was in the ring. Um, uh, is this Apollo Creed? Are they burying Apollo Creed? I'm thinking Bullrog. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Who was really M. Bison, which was a play on Mike Tyson. They switched him to the Kingdom of America. Yeah, I know. Just know for them. Oh, okay. That's some Street Fighter Two trivia from yeah. Ken. Um, no, sorry. I just went. I Test just your went. friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... They bury it. it. They mention that it's this is like in the winter at this point, yeah. so it's hard to dig. So it's yeah. like, whatever. No one's going to come looking for this guy. Yeah. Take the disrespect to the corpse of the last section that we talked about, and it's just like they just... Howard goes right into it in this yep. one, because to him there must be a reason that this deserves even less respect. But I digress. <sighs> Several days later, there's reports around town of a missing child, an Italian child. Um, and the mother, uh, who's in West's care, um, dies of, like, this fit of hysteria because of a weak heart. Yeah. And um, the father tries to kill Herbert West because he's like, you're, ta- you're supposed to take care of her. How is she How is she dying? And, yeah. he, and they even mentioned, like, he takes out his stiletto. Yeah. And he starts giving him these curses and stuff. Yeah. You know, he brings out the Maloids. Yes, he's like, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's all that kind of... Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're both yeah. Italian. We're allowed. Yeah. Um, we are allowed. And you can still make fun of Italians, the last <laughs> yes, ones. Yes, you can. Yeah, you yeah, can. the last ones. Yeah, and he gave him a pizza and said, oh, yeah, that's yeah. a spicy meatball. And he was like, Mario, yeah. New York City, uh, Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Ellis Island. <laughs> so, you know, tries to kill him, fit of rage. It's gross. Yeah, it's <laughs> gross. Um, so that night, um, we cut to West and the narrator once again. Um, they're startled by this aggressive pounding on their back door. Mm. Um, and then opening the door, West and the narrator come face to face with something, I'm going to say terrifying. Yeah. All right. And uh, we'll let Howard take over here. Looming hideously against the spectral moon was a gigantic misshapen thing not to be imagined save in nightmares. A glassy-eyed ink, black apparition nearly on all fours, covered with bits of mold, leaves and vines, foul with caked blood, and having between its glistening teeth a snow-white, terrible, cylindrical object terminating in a tiny hand. Now, that's a horrific scene. So there's this basically... Rabid mold covered zombie. Yeah. With a child's hand in its mouth. It's the Italian arm. child. Yeah. Yeah, arm. Mm. Yeah, in its mouth, and it's coming back to them. Yeah. Like a lost dog? Like what? Yeah. Does like at this point are you are, are like are we to assume that like this is their new life now once they get too far out that they I think uh, that it's almost like their new like their 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 rebirth or uh, or their return from death is their new birth. Right. So the last thing they remember is uh, waking up on this table, yeah. and it goes out and does well, its especially its, with the better for, uh, serum too. You yeah, know? yeah. So in its brain, it does what it needs to do. So maybe it wakes up from it, it comes out of the grave and it's like it's hungry, and it goes and it seeks. You know. Yeah. Uh, it kills a child and comes back because it doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, and later we'll see that they need direction. They have no direction. Right, and it's almost like um, uh, like a cat or a dog bringing like a squirrel or a Could bird. Could be, yeah. Or something Bringing you back. pieces, yeah. bringing you trophies, yeah. We had, my, when I was a, a kid, uh, one of our cats did that. Yeah. would bring back lined up pieces of birds yeah. or pieces of mice. Dachshunds do that a lot, the wiener dogs, because yeah. they're, they're bred yeah. to go in foxholes. Yeah, they're rat yeah. dogs, yeah. Yeah, and like they, they do that a lot, and it's just like... 
Yeah. What a weird, what a weird thing, like a little detail of me being yeah. a dog person. Yeah. To put in there and be like, yeah. Oh, Howard, I know what you were doing here. Yeah. It's 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 rough, um, you know, and you know to have the you know the boxer be this, you know, and it's covered in mildew, like it's I, it's I, got some rot yeah, starting, and I, he's got vibes. I still think he's on the gloves. I still think he has the gloves. You don't think they cut him out when he uh, when he went down? No, I think they yeah. no no, and they were thinking of what happened last time. Who said he had gloves on? I think they had gloves. You think? I yeah. think so because if it was bare knuckle, it wouldn't have gone that many rounds. Did they say how many rounds? I'm just going with my own okay. head, right. head cannon. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I, I like that he's running around with like half yeah. ripped up. And they thought gloves. about it. They were yeah. going to cut him off, and they thought about the doctor beating them up. Yeah. And they're like, Yeah, let's leave. Them. Yeah, let's leave. <laughs> what if he comes too? We don't want him to have like you know full you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, Harlem it's, smoke would kill us. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just the, the tiny you know the hanging the cylindrical oh, object yeah. uh, terminating in a tiny hand. Yeah. It's and you know that. It's just this shape because it's in shadow. It's in moonlight, and you just see that. Yeah, maybe maybe a glint of eyes or something. It's it, it's a horrific scene. Yeah. Um, and I you know and I and I lament the fact that it's um, it's you know unfortunately kind of saturated in this in this 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 racist terminology because it's it's a great piece of writing if you take some of that stuff out of there and it's it's a truly horrific thing there and it's um it's, it's regrettable that that it's in there whenever it does show up but um yeah so um. Right after, almost instantly, West uh, pulls out his revolver and just empties it yeah. into this thing. Yeah. And, uh, and that brings us to the end of uh, Section 3. And I think that brings us to the end of Part 1 of uh, Reanimator. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is a good stop uh, part to stop. Um, you know, I- I'm really liking where this is going. I mean, this is, you know, Howard's bag of tricks is here. You know, he's definitely pulling in from the stories that he's done so far. It's fantastic so far. Um, We're not going to do an exhaustive outro here because we'll do that at the end of this one. Yeah. But so far, you got a hell of a story, right? Yeah. And it only gets bigger (laughs) and crazier. It does. So, like, this is, like, part one of a movie where, like, you know, we're just fighting in the city, you know? We're uh, we're, we're, we're the heroes in the city or whatever. And then it takes on, all of a sudden, there's aliens invading and you got to fight them. You don't even know what's coming. Yeah, right. (laughs) So, like, this is, yeah, I love how he did such a good job in this first half of this. Just, like, it's horrific, dude. It's horrendous. And you are... Even the narrator, who we'll call Dill, yeah. no, I'm just <laughs> the narrator at, at this point, he talks about horrific how, how horrific these things are. Yeah. But just like yeah. anything, he kind of becomes desensitized. And yeah. the descriptions of how horrific, I think this yeah. is his how the most horrified he's been. Right. And or or is no, I, I would agree. And. Uh, just a little uh, add to that. Um, I think that because, and not to harp on it, uh, I just want to mention again that there's an added level of horror that's unintended to the modern reader that we get this this air of racism in this section because it's like, ugh. And then you get to like feel that like, ugh, because look what happened to this boxer that they're like, oh, he died. Well, he's a black guy. We're just going to throw his body away. And it's just like, ugh. Mm-hmm. So you get this extra, this extra layer of horror that's yeah. just like, Everything about this is awful. Mm-hmm. Herbert West is a monster. He's yeah. the true monster, just like Victor Frankenstein. Yes. <laughs> and yes. <laughs> here we are, halfway through the journey. Um, but yeah, we're going to wrap it up there. Um, and one last thing. Yes. And the narrator's complicit. Oh, 100% he's complicit. I mean, he even says at the end, we'll get to it, but you know, he didn't tell them everything because he knew. Yeah. 
He knew, but they even suggest towards the end, and yes, we'll get to it, that he's going to get his just desserts because they're not gone. The yeah. zombies are still out there. Yeah. But we'll get to that. So for this episode of uh, Learning Lovecraft, our first part of uh, Herbert West Reanimator, I've been Jason McKittrick. I've been Ken James. And we'll see you beyond the wall of sleep. Can't wait to see you.